This is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey, y'all. I was about to say, long time no see, but the show comes out every week. So Literally, they have no idea. (laughs) Our recording schedule means nothing to them. So, that's fun. Well, news this week jumping right in we have a lot to talk to talk about today so as some of you may have heard the baltimore symphony has resurfaced in the saga of their um now ex principal flutist emily scala who we talked about previously on the show for her comments um regarding conspiracy theories about COVID 19 um also the somehow overlooked um things that she retweeted about basically racism being like people being brainwashed to think that racism is like a problem now so um that wasn't really covered very much but you know we move um well anyway she has since been terminated um yeah the the way she terminated you read that part yeah so the orchestra uh didn't put out any specific reasons i guess for the reason why they like terminated her but obviously she's been in the news for a while now um and they also publicly denounced her like a couple months ago um when when the posts originally um were circulating um oh yeah and it was also not just about coronavirus but also about election fraud um and so yeah they basically just was like yeah we dismissed her because she they didn't say much besides the fact that she had repeatedly um went up went against their code of conduct there's some speculation that it might have been not just her post on social media but also in-person COVID rules that's what she said apparently she went to drop off some paperwork and she, she had been banned from the hall which lol and her ID didn't work and so she went inside to try to hand over some paperwork and she thinks that that's why they fired her whatever she said that this is Girl. not the last that we gonna hear of her so apparently she's gonna come back with a vengeance and we're gonna see what she plans to do about this you know she's about to make make her tour we're gonna see her on fox news pretty soon probably but um, Girl, you didn't see there was something there was some i feel like i saw it at least a couple hours ago before we started taping that she came back at them or something oh i didn't see that so um that's probably in the news for next week um but she has in in a statement that she gave to the baltimore sun and when this kind of like broke she said that from feb this is a quote from february until now the bso has repeatedly violated my constitutional rights in response to audience and donor and subscriber pressure They've committed many crimes against me, none of which they have acknowledged, even to themselves. It would not be right to let that go accounted for. I would hate for this to happen to anyone else. All right, girl. Um, Girl, it literally will not. So, Flutus, get y'all excerpts out. A position is coming. Um, I know that she says that she definitely plans to get back on the audition circuit. Um, I'm curious to see how that's going to go for you, sis. But yeah that's that we'll we'll you know look out for further developments um i feel like orca should be crazy though yeah. i feel this would not be a good look at all yeah so. maybe she can go to whatever ensemble that lady from austin symphony um, i'm sure they would love to have her you know they would love to have her so that that's probably the only ensemble that was gonna or be abroad a, a flute and trombone duo at the rnc next or next time so the open playing playing star spangled banner like it's still in in i feel like even in the in the theme of what we're gonna be talking about later it's just like no orchestra it would be in terrible taste like y'all already low on money you know what i'm saying so why don't you just keep it cute especially because i don't remember how old she is but she's like at least in her 50s uh 59 yep she's 59 so i feel like you might as well just pack it in, sis. Like, that's nowhere. Like, obviously, she had planned to, to stay in. But I feel like you wouldn't even really have the time for this to blow over, like, to the the amount of time I think you would need now. Like, years ago, I don't think it would need pretty much it. She probably wouldn't have gotten fired. But even if she had, it wouldn't really need that much time to blow over. But I feel like people, especially, like, 
how how fast word travels like people are not gonna forget this so i feel like anywhere you pop up i feel like every any orchestra is just gonna be like it's actually better for us to just not and also you've been used to playing in an orchestra your playing is different she kind of mentioned alluded to that but it's like girl you kind of been not coasting but you got used to you're not in audition mode so yeah especially worst of luck to you but yeah and people like some people mention that about like being in audition mode and stuff and it's just like yeah like you were in a world-class orchestra but i'm also wondering the difference between like like the people coming up now are like drilling that stuff constantly like how long has it been since you won a job you know She's been you there since 1988, so she won a job in Girl, 1988. Girl, I'm telling you, you 59, it, and she teaches that people, don't she? So just do that. Well, hold Downsize on. or something. We'll see. We'll see when that that might be coming up the rear as well. We'll keep an eye. Um. Oh, that was. <laughs> I'm sure Trump would love to have some little fluty flute during his breakfast before he goes to prison. So okay, you can, you can go down to Florida and play background music at his estate wonderful well next up is i I don't plan to spend too much time on this um oh yeah by the way of course that story will be linked so y'all can see all the details about her termination um but anyway next up there was an article going around um i want to say by this time i guess last week um by one heather mcdonald um who has written part one which i can't believe this is part one because it was incredibly lengthy um called classical music's suicide pact um and the sub the like little subtitle thing says succumbing to specious charges of racism and specious by the way means i think it means plausible but false um americans america's orchestras opera companies and conductors are abandoning the western canon now you don't even need to read any further because a simple analysis, a simple glance at any one season, anyone, even the people who are programming black composers, but any one season will tell you that that is not true. Like literally every single quote unquote major like composer from the Western canon has a place in everybody's season. They are not being abandoned. So she says the classical music is under racial attack. Mm. That's the first sentence. Um, and basically, she just writes this incredibly lengthy thing um, about how where black musicians are making everything up because apparently everybody is wrong except for her. Um, and we're abandoning the canon and everything is um, being made about race, et cetera, et cetera, even when it it is not supposed to be. All the reason why I'm really bringing this up is because she mentions Garrett Garrett McQueen by name, which I was just like, girl, like, okay, um, and basically just just being rude and ridiculous. Um, I'm not gonna be linking the article because she's not getting any clicks out of me, but I will um, bring up the fact that like when this was originally circulating social media, um, and Garrett shared it because you know she said his name in the article um some people were like oh i'm not like i can't believe you read this or like etc etc and like garrett made a good point about like things like this obviously if something is not if you're not in the headspace to read something which i totally understand and have done and like for myself then don't read it but he was saying that like just pushing these things aside and saying like i'm not even going to entertain that it's not going to help anything because a lot of people are entertaining it and a lot of people in classical music feel the same way that she does and so these conversations are happening backstage they're happening in the lobby they're like they're happening amongst people in classical music so um we can't simply ignore that they exist um and so I read about two, I would say I read about two thirds of it all the way through and then I skimmed the last third because I'm telling you, it is so, so long. Like I How is long? Like how long is long? Like more than 30 pages? I don't know. It's, a, it's 
Oh, it's just like you scroll. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, it's quite a scroll. Um, I wish I could give like a word count, but and I, I was like, maybe I'm just like whatever but um like maybe i'm just i mean i am a slow reader but everybody was saying it was long so i was like okay um and basically and she also that very very irritating thing about that same thing actually that we saw when we talked about the the dude the music theorist the shankarian music theorist um where she was like basically blacks which is what she says blacks are not being uh pushed out of classical music they're not being pushed in by their families um and etc etc right girl Um, so yeah it's ridiculous even worse at the comments as usual with pretty much anything um there were yeah they were actually like pretty terrible um i don't even remember um you know majority of them but I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna whatever gonna dwell on that but anyway um yeah so that's that but you know me always in the news on a good note um and all i gotta say is he's done it again <sighs> our news this week is featuring um the namesake of the Joseph Conyers Symphony Orchestra, formerly known as the Philadelphia Orchestra. Not the namesake. He's going to send us a Well, I was, you know, scrolling right in my own business. Um, then my edges got snatched clean off when I saw that the BU Tanglewood Institute has created a brand new position because literally nothing else could encompass his mind you know like they had to create a new position at the institute um as director of the bu tanglewood institute's young artist orchestra so um if you don't know right if you don't know you know that's a it's a renowned summer training program for young musicians in massachusetts actually joe was one of those uh, young musicians he um is an alumnus of the program and so you know they had to they had to bring him back they had to you know put a little something something together i'm sure they probably had to go to washington dc and knock on the door to the mint and be like hey we actually need y'all to melt down some gold bars and then mix in some diamonds and whatever other you know rare jewels artifacts whatever you got so that we can then deposit that into his safety deposit box as his salary because i feel like we like regular people get paid money and now i feel like he he has surpassed that and so now they just gotta start looking for stuff like at this point they pay him in like rare fossils and stuff if he even accepts money at this point I, I I think it's like nothing less than blue bills. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way he's taking a regular like a five dollars dollar bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he wouldn't dare touch that. <laughs> Pennies don't know her. Um, so I love that for him. I too. I saw that. I'm like, what I'm actually gonna do is forward him um my receipts for Jamaican castoros. So I can grab my just back because at this point, it's a federal crime. So I'm gonna start emailing him and forwarding him my edge control um, receipts as well as Jamaican black castor oil, um, and my natural hairstylist, so we can sort this out because at this point it's egregious. Period. Well, Good for him. Well, I'm gonna be learning me some bass at Tanglewood, so I can, I too can get some of that. So. We love to see it. All right, y'all. Time for the intermission. Um, I don't know how much y'all. But I feel like actually you don't have to be paying attention to the Olympics to know what happened with Simone Biles uh, last week, two weeks. I don't know. Um, because it was everywhere. Because people were in her business and saying a lot of things that they are not qualified to say. Um, however, if you don't know Simone Biles at after before the team finals at the Olympics decided to not compete um for mental health reasons and then she later elaborated that she had something called the twisties so she literally did not know where she was um when she was in the air which sounds absolutely terrifying it also sounds dangerous like i feel like 
if you shoot yourself 10 feet into the air, you don't know where you are. You might land on your neck. Like, I feel like that is enough to, I mean, I feel like she doesn't owe any explanation to anyone, but, um, yeah. So I think it just opened, it opened a lot of conversations about mental health and had, I often, because I'm a classical musician, I try to, um, create as many parallels between whatever's going on in classical music from in my own self, just so I could see like, Oh, I wonder how this would play out in classical music. So I was curious when I asked Delaney, um, what what do you think classical music can learn or has learned or has to learn um, from Simone Biles' decision to pull out of um, the team all around final? She pulled out a lot of things. Good for her, except for I think she did the she did the beam um, final and got end up getting a bronze medal, which is fantastic. Cause she's like, I didn't even think I was going to medal. And I mean, when I say, I don't think I'm going to win an audition. I actually mean that. So, um, like when I say I'm not going to advance to something, I mean, like I, people be like, you shouldn't say, I'm like, I know I'm not going to advance. So I, that's how we're just not different. That's how we're not the same. I mean, so, um, I'll go first because I literally asked Delaney this 16 minutes ago. Um, so I th- personally want, there's a couple of things I learned from that when it comes to classical music, but I think, one of the things, one of the most significant things I took away personally is this idea that you don't really owe anyone anything when it comes to your instrument. A lot of times I get uh, caught up, like, um, it's a moment of transparency, like I'm doing something like an audition or uh, doing, like, a competition or whatever. I always think of, like, I don't want to disappoint my teachers. I don't want to disappoint, like, mainly my teachers because my mom is, like, proud regardless. But I don't want to disappoint my teachers. And, like, literally that is, like, doesn't matter <laughs> like it just doesn't matter like they're there to support you they should be and if they're not then you know you probably find different teachers I know that's not always possible but um sometimes it is um but you don't owe anyone anything you're, you're doing your best you're learning something that's difficult if it wasn't difficult um it wouldn't take you all this time you'd have all this debt um so yeah that's the biggest thing I had I took away from this one of one of the biggest things I took away from this thing is like you don't owe anyone anything except you owe you owe yourself your best and that's pretty much it and that's way more than enough what about you so obviously i go back and forth because obviously like you can't put a price in your health and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and like obviously we're trying to make this comparison but simone biles can certainly afford to do that um because in addition to her being the greatest of all time and literally having like literally does not have to tell us anything like <laughs> like it's literally people who can't touch their toes who's like let let them American up she didn't let anyone down. I'm like first of all this country that's gonna come back and treat her like crap because she's black she doesn't like, owe this country anything or you and you can't you moan get out of bed this morning uh-huh. <laughs> like baby girl know your place like let's start there um in addition to like obviously you know Simone Biles is gonna be fine regardless and but whatever um I saw a tweet that that kind of made it click for me because when I saw it I was like okay Simone but like she has her reasons whatever and it made me it made it click that comparison to classical music when someone said like as a musician like we all know what it's like to train years on top of years on top of years for something and and have to rely on these like neural pathways in your brain to retain this and then all of a sudden they're just gone in the moment Mm -hmm. like you put in all this work and then you get on stage or you get on the podium or you know whatever and it's just like your mind is blank and it's like add on to that now you could possibly break your neck and die you know mm-hmm. um because she she i don't know if you saw it and i barely saw it because i don't follow simone biles on instagram but then somebody reposted it she put on her story footage of one of her practices yeah, where she was on the 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 i think on the bars and she landed on her back in the little plushy part in the training gym and she's like i don't think y'all understand how dangerous that would be on a hard competition like surface yeah you know so like she would like it's like what we be going through like times a hundred you I know even, yeah I don't even and then know. on tv and then like and then everyone's relying on you to bring home a goal which i feel like is another thing that y'all should have just i know it was like i think we even hyped her up i hyped her up. i'm like period like y'all ain't gonna y'all showing up or whatever but it's also like 
that should be reevaluated the next go around. Like the whole team cannot rely on one person to. Yeah, and that's what they were goal. saying. Like the team, like y'all can't just forgo team composition because Simone Biles is on the team. You know, like yeah, and it, it just went to show like they didn't have to do that because everybody who's on the Olympic team deserved to be there and could care. You know, and yeah, they did well. Yeah, regardless. Um, and dang, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, that just goes to show if I stop talking for a second, my whole my whole brain goes blank just like this. But um, you know. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say after that. All right, so a couple months ago, we did an entire episode dedicated to the baby, like an entire episode to the point that it's called "Did They Believe Black." Um, we've talked endlessly about Young Jonathan's talents and his contributions to rap and music in general, and I. I'm here to say how embarrassed I am and that we need to talk about what's been going on and how we can um, move on from this because it's been, um, it is, it's never been peaceful to be a baby fan. Even before all of it, it's never been peaceful. I've yeah. always been in the trenches on Twitter um, defending him. It's never been peaceful, but this is ridiculous. So we must talk about this and um, we're going to link it back to classical music as always um and if that episode goes missing like don't ask no questions so also the episode called free the baby oh shoot yeah that was a while ago that we did I, we, I mean and we've talked about the baby a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot which is why like to the point where dr richard texas is like so y'all gonna y'all gonna dress <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like because of classically well, I forgot about Free the Baby, but I was like, we have to. We talked about him endlessly. Yeah. We we have to say something. Yeah, because and he just ugh, like every time I see him trending, like like you said, it didn't just start with this. Like it's been it's been the ghetto for a long time. But like yeah, he's just embarrassed me. He's embarrassed me for the last time. It's all it's well, I mean for the I mean even what's crazy is it wasn't this moment that we're about to talk about when he did all that all that foolishness with Meg a couple like last month or whatever. I was good on him yeah. back then. Not as good as I am now because like sometimes sometimes people do stuff and like you like still listen to their music or whatever, but you whatever you, I'm it's like I'm not gonna defend you no more or whatever. But it's just like that's it's just like you start deleting them out your playlist. You stop you unfollow them, like that kind of stuff. Um and I know like he gets point zero zero two uh percent of a cent. Um, per stream, but you're not gonna get mines. And I was giving him at least two cents <laughs> a month. Okay, so listen, you uh, don't need it at this point. So listen, you gonna have to get a job application. But basically, at Rolling, was it at Rolling Loud? I don't really think about it. Yeah, he was, it was at a music Rolling festival Loud. at Rolling Loud. Um, he said all this stuff. I'm not gonna repeat because it's like, what's going on? It literally what's was so unwarranted and just <laughs> random and ridiculous. Like. <laughs> It's like what? what are you thinking what? just <laughs> because you look at it it's like literally it was he finished one song unprovoked unprovoked like i've never seen anything like that like unprovoked he started saying all this hateful stuff about people who have hiv and like a bunch of other this hateful things and, and just ignorant stuff using hiv and aids synonymously even though they're not the same thing <laughs> That's ridiculous. And, yeah. And then it was it was like Yeah, and then he and then okay, so then people started calling him out like they normally do and they were like, Hey, babe, this is not it. And right. then he did the thing where he doubled out on it. And I feel like that was like strike one of like eighty three, but okay, so he And the he stuff doubled, he said about gay people too. And also implying that HIV or AIDS was something that was like exclusive to gay people, even though it's definitely yeah. not. He caught people like saying that I'm like, since when is having HIV dirty? Like, since when did we? When did I miss something? Like, when is that dirty? I, I'm, I'm confused. You know, it was just like really hateful, ignorant things. Mm-hmm. Then he doubled down on it. Then he posted some stuff about like you know, like some ridiculous, like typical stuff talking about 
you know they always shooting the big dog down and like we gotta say strong and like this too will he pass. Like quadrupled down on it because then he apologized to people who had HIV and people who had AIDS and then he said, "But the LGBT community, I'm good on y'all, whatever the heck." I was like, "Bro, <laughs> like he kept he kept coming back like after that initial what you're talking about the when he doubled down on it, then he like tripled down on it, mm-hmm. then he like quadrupled down on it. I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, it was." embarrassing so then so Lollapalooza uh was happening in Chicago I I forgot I'm in Chicago now I forgot because Lollapalooza has never been how would you say black people don't go to Lollapalooza like literally when I was in high school everybody lived by Lollapalooza because first of all they're like $200 tickets nobody was gonna go pay $200 to stand literally in Millennium Park on top of each other like you know shoulder to shoulder musty because it was like at the end of the school year too so everybody was so lit about it to see the screaming monkeys or the jumping bands whatever it's called whatever bands they be listening to like literally I don't I don't know Green Day that's my yeah only, that's the only white band I know like, it's not but that's the one that comes to mind I don't know the Jonas Brothers are they a band I don't know whatever okay they, I'll go see the Joe Bros <laughs> I mean, low-key. Low-key, I might. <laughs> Nick is so fine. Um, I'll go for that. <laughs> <sighs> wow. I mean, what a pillar. I'm just an American treasure. I saw a tweet, and someone was like, man, when my man, when I found my man had diabetes, like, I was really in the trenches. Like, I thought it was really it for him. <laughs> that was a whole thing. Like, I think I was, like, in the, maybe the fifth grade, like, when yeah, that, I was like, like yeah came out that yeah that he had like he had diabetes and like everybody like of course we were all kids and like did not know what that meant for him so like everybody thought he was like on his deathbed literally fine (laughs) literally fine literally fine you know what's crazy like there's a girl that i went to school with who had type 1 diabetes only only reason why i knew is because like she had to like we would go on orchestra trip she had to eat and stuff right so, like, I literally know someone who has type 1 diabetes. I still think this is it for him. You know what I'm saying? Because of the way they made it all gray on the screen and, like, it was just, like, it was giving very much, like, They announced juice. it that way because they knew that kids were going to be the primary consumers of that information and that we were going to freak out about it. I mean, freak out. That was a mess. And also, have us freak out for what? You can't catch type 1 diabetes. So, this was, what was the point? What was the reason? Anyway, point is, Lollapalooza came out with a statement, and they were like. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with this. (laughs) Lollapalooza came out with a statement and was like, yeah, so the baby not coming here because we um, have values, and he doesn't align with our values. And after that, First of all, I think he was like already in Chicago. Or I know it was like the Chicago. day before that he was supposed to be like me on stage. That. And good for them because, and I feel like also like I was talking to a friend, and they were like, it's also a liability for them because it's like you don't know what he's finna say when he gets up there because that's what happened at Rolling Loud. You don't know what he finna say, but you don't know. So you don't want him at your festival saying all this stuff, and now you got to come out with a statement and why'd you bring him on? So, um, and then after that, there was a bunch of other festivals that kept canceling after that. Like, um, there was one that's going to happen in Las Vegas. First of all, why are you going to festivals when coronavirus and all her line sisters are out here wreaking havoc on the nation and the world? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's not my point. Um, there's one in Las Vegas. Another festival came out like a day after that and was like, yeah, so the baby's not coming here either. And then he went, he went quiet because after Lalo, he was still posting on his story you know doing all this like stuff and he like did not care and then he started losing money because that's the only way he could make money right now is touring that's the only thing you could do right now he came up with a statement and i hate apologies like this i feel like you need a new publicist like you need a new publicist and also i feel like you're not getting paid enough to work as a publicist for the baby because you're it's it's 24 hours around the clock and but i heard that then, his publicist is also the publicist for 
azalea banks i was like oh she needs she's not good at this you need to find another <laughs> find no to- way delaney i was like she, you've got first of all maybe no because now i think about it that's not her fault because that is just two doozies that is two incredible doozies so because i don't i mean it makes sense i don't I, like the the way the apology was like framed and stuff i was that was the main reason why i was like you need a new apology because i want to i want to a new a new publicist um oh he's been posting since that bold of you oh i I heard he deleted it yeah which (laughs) like i'm just like what let me find out right now yeah i saw i think i saw on twitter earlier today that he deleted it this is what okay so of course and as these apologies go he asked for education and and you know Mm -hmm. like and i want you to educate me and xyz but what really made me just first of all laugh out loud and also very irritated about this apology quote unquote was that he's in the very i think it's the fir- in the very first sentence he's like the internet moves so quickly it yeah, gets got, on you before it. you uh before you even get a chance to grow i'm like it didn't move quickly literally days have gone by and you've kept doubling and tripling and quadrupling down like the internet it, it wasn't like a some swift thing like we yeah. like it hit the internet and then you reiterated how not wrong you were <laughs> and okay so the the apology what i'm talking about i say social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even have opportunity to grow educate and learn from your mistakes as a man who has made his own way from the very from very difficult circumstances having people i know publicly working against me knowing that what i need it was education on these topics and guidance has been challenging I appreciate the many people who came to with me with kindness, who have reached out to me privately to offer wisdom, education, and resources. That's what I needed, and it was received. I want to apologize to the LGBTQ plus community for the harm for the hurtful. Well, it was harmful, hurtful, and triggering comments I made. Again, I, I apologize for my misinformed comments about HIV/AIDS, and I know education on this is important. Love to y'all love to all god bless the baby first of all this is not an apology you the whole first paragraph was unnecessary because you're just saying how it's somebody else's fault besides your own secondly jonathan you are 29 you don't need to be educated on this i feel like someone someone made a point and it was like we have swapped out ignorance with with hate you don't educate on stuff like this. You got up there unprovoked and said ignorant things. I'm not educating you. You you grew up with the internet. You grew up like with these conversations happening. You do not need to be educated. I'm sorry. You now you want to be educated and blah, 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 blah. because a couple of days ago it was the LGBT community. I'm good on y'all. Right. Remember remember a couple of days ago when it was that Jonathan. So what are you talking about? Nah. And people are like. And then, of course, here come the terrible takes. They were like, well, he's from the hood. How could you possibly expect his dummy, dumb, dumb butt to to know anything about this? And it's just like, there's gay people from the hood, too. Exactly. Like, who are, who are growing up in the same places that y'all are, and on top of that, have to deal with this in their house. They got to deal with it when they go to school, all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, don't try to act like he's in this some sort of environment where gay people are unicorns and they they never show up and you got to say their name three times in a mirror and then they show up. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's like you are have been operating in a world that has allowed you to be uh, homophobic and ignorant and nobody has checked you on it because the people who are on your side, which brings me to the side thing, that the people that came to your defense, T.I. and Boosie, of all people um ha- do not check you on it and they're okay with that because don't even get me started on them too how they came out out the woodworks defending him and that's how you know you wrong ti and boosie defending you i'm telling you even if you thought in your heart of hearts that you were correct whatever side you find yourself on the same side as ti go to the other side i don't care what the topic is i don't and care what it is if i did something and ti and boosie came out in my defense i would backflip off the empire state building <laughs> like I, I'm sorry like because they both like I think it was CI that was like if Lil Nas S gets to gets to spit his his truth then the baby should to hashtag equality I was like bro <gasps> <laughs> you see that when, I was like so if Lil Nas X gets to just be gay then 
the baby, the baby gets to be homophobic because hashtag equality. <laughs> That's why I'm like, why do See, you I keep said balance. Why do you keep talking, bro? And then don't I'm even get me started on Boosie. Don't even get me started on Boosie because Boosie ought to be in jail. And I don't really wish that on any person. But the fact that he, because he, you know, he came on here talking about how people they're trying to shove the lgbt agenda down our throats and what about the kids and x y and z let me tell you something about boosie and this is a trigger warning right now because i'm about to talk about sexual assault for the next few seconds how soon we forget that boosie literally paid a grown person to perform sexual acts on his 12 year old child and you have the audacity and the gall to talk about what about the kids he was in in his car talking about the kids man i'm just thinking about the kids you literally facilitated the sexual assault of your own son and you're talking about the kids he can go he can go to hell he can go to hell and those are the people that are coming coming to the rescue so if if you find yourself on defense or if you find yourself you maybe agree with the baby just know that you are completely and totally wrong because the, that is the company that you're keeping ti boosie and the baby even 50 Cent ain't even said nothing about this. Because wasn't 50 Cent just doing his, um, go mentor the baby or something like and that? And now look. <laughs> career in the shitter. So. <laughs> What's annoying about the baby is he's going to be just fine. I mm-hmm. mean, like, yeah, he won't be able to work with people anymore, but for at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, even Chris Brown made a com- comeback. You know what I'm saying? But what's annoying about this is that it is actually alarming, like alarming. I feel like I just be on the right side of these apps because when I go to the other side, how many people was like, oh, what's wrong with having an opinion? What did he even say that was all that bad? Like uh, an alarming amount to the fact that like after this, the Simone Biles and then this the baby thing, I think I'm leaning further away from reading comments because people know that I love reading the comments. I love seeing what people have to say, but you when you get into the sticks of what people are saying, like I was alarmed that wow, the baby's really finna make a comeback. Like he's actually gonna be just fine. He probably gained fans from this. Oh, absolutely. Like there are people who are like, oh, we being homophobic over here. Period. Like there are people who would support him more, which is exactly why people like Ti and Boosie came out the woodworks because that's probably why he took that apology down. They probably coming together and they. Uh, they probably putting together, pulling their money together to do homophobe fest, and put together all of his whatever. Oh, he, you, he you got. spoke too soon. He there's gonna be something. It's the baby, little baby, and Boosie. You thought I was playing? You thought I'm not playing? Let me find it. Let me find the flyer. There's there's oh, something. Gosh. <laughs> I was like, and when I saw it, I'm like, dang, like the boost, uh, the Boosie. Well, yeah, Boosie, <laughs> Boosie's. Uh, hosting is like you should be ashamed like this is the work you get in right now because everybody else don't, nobody else want to work with you boosie i can't actually yeah i can't even get don't even get me started on him one thing i will say about the baby losing all the bookings like twitter was saying that was hilarious to me yeah, anyway. the apology it was hilarious <laughs> um it's called boosie boosie bash oh gosh i'll send it to you on instagram oh gosh anyway something about that i was wondering exactly like i don't know how those contracts work i'm wondering for like like how financially that worked with those getting canceled because some of the some he got stuff canceled that is is as far out as november so some of stuff like that i could see him not getting anything from Lollapalooza terminating his contract the day before i'm wondering did he get did he get some of that money or like what you know what i mean Oh, maybe. Because I don't know. I don't. I have no on. idea how those type of contracts work. But I'm like, people canceling a day out, a week or so out. But still, I know he didn't get everything. Oh, he no probably way. didn't get everything. So still, he he still felt that. So, um, but yeah, there every problematic person in the industry is on this flyer, except for little baby. Wait, he is or is not on the flyer? Is. But he's not problematic. Well, he's problematic for being on the flyer, ain't he? I don't think so. I don't don't think so. Personally, I don't think that's fair. No. 
Mm. Is this new or was this already happening? I saw this. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was already happening or not. Yeah, because I feel like if it was already happening, that's one thing. But and I would say Murray. Do you know Murray? Is he probably because he was in the cipher? I, I discovered him because he was in the same cipher cipher as uh Coyle Ray in the XXL freshman class, um, and he did really really well. He was I think my second favorite out of the four of them, um, that were in the I cipher. Mean, Smart is not problematic, so I see. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was like something put together in response to this. Oh no, no that's no, no. why I was like, oh, well, he problematic for being on that, but no, and there's an argument Danny to be Lee. made though. It, it, there is an argument to be made though about this being boosie bash though but whatever i understand why someone so might not say so baby and um i've never i, I don't know little baby at all man i love him boosie i first just... introduced to him maybe like five years ago when he made that song with drake like it's like his little like like first i don't know i don't want to speak out of, i don't want to speak incorrectly i don't know if it was his first collab but it was at least one of his first um, all I got left is Moneybag Yo and Lil Baby and I'm actually gonna keep quiet about them I'm not gonna openly stand them cause I feel like every time I do that something goes wrong what's and it Moneybag never mind <laughs> no I don't think that wrong. was him that might not have been him never mind let me be quiet um yeah Boosie is just very very terrible but you know a lot of people like this and yeah I won't call like everybody on this fire problematic although the, i will say that there's an argument to be made for that but i won't call everybody because everybody has their problematic faves i personally wouldn't go as far as boosie because i just think facilitating what he facilitated was like just <laughs> out of this world terrible but um and that's not even that's not even you know the half of it for him but um yeah that's that yeah i mean i like on the spot, I like Lil Baby, and I like Young Boy Blue. That's probably it. I used to like Take Off a lot. Is Take Off on? Is that Take Off in the top? Oh, they look. He looks the same. This looks like Take Off. He no, do. It's not, never mind. But that's not that's him. him. I don't think. Nah, he do look like him though. Um. Anyway, yeah. I mean, y'all be easy. For um, real. Listen, after the baby didn't give them kids, I feel people started talking about the baby more when they didn't give those the um he didn't give the kids that them two dollars he did he yeah. gave two dollars for that candy which was like absolutely gross to me because you're not teaching them anything you asked them what the box was you asked them what they wanted for the box not what the box was worth sorry people probably don't know because you probably don't okay so basically the baby was in one of his limo things and saw two boys selling candy on the side of the road pulled over asked them what did they want for the box that's what that was his words like how much y'all want for the box Dude said something crazy, like two hundred dollars, something like that. Because which is not crazy talking to the baby who literally I was has like, diamond encrusted everything. I see nothing wrong with this. You asked him, you didn't ask him how much was the candy. You asked him how much it was worth, and also, I don't know how many people would be honest in that situation, or not. They were not being dishonest because they said how much they wanted. But exactly. even if he said like how much does it cost, I don't see a lot of people being honest in that situation simply because like I know who you are, <laughs> like. You have so much money. Like, to the fact that if I stole $10,000 from you, you would not know. It. Well, maybe because you were pouring apple juice on that one dude for, like, 15000 But, but that saying, was, like, he was expecting the payment, and so he knew that payment was coming. But if you just, like, wired yourself $10,000 from the baby's account. You would not notice. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then he clowned them, gave them $2 for the candy, and, like, laughed as he drove away in his limo with eating M&M's. You're a clown. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even watch that video once I heard people like say what happened. I didn't even watch it because I was like, I cannot. That's just very sick. It's sick, and I saw it before people started commenting. Like I was on, I was um, I saw the video somewhere before I saw the the discourse about it. It was just like, and the people like you, they teaching him a lesson. I'm like, there's literally no lesson except that their faves are just as terrible as everybody else that's running this country and every adult in their life. It's like. There's nothing. There was nothing. There's nothing for those boys to learn from um, from that situation, like at all. Except be rich. You saw Rihanna billionaire. You saw, that was hilarious. People were like, "Dang!" When we say eat the rich and Brianna, every Rihanna the next course. That was funny because I'm like, she was on the list before that. Like, <laughs> oh, was she? 
no i'm saying she was on the list of rich to eat like i mean yeah that's true yeah. i think because <laughs> she was already because, incredibly rich yeah i think when the news of her becoming a billionaire yeah surface people are like dang i just got a new i'm like a lot of people and also it depends what you think about what you define rich as because i define rich as your money working for you so a lot of people you make a 200 grand a year but you don't it's in passive income like we eating you too no i wouldn't say that yeah, I mean that's how I define rich in my in my opinion. But um so I feel like well, I feel like there's two different types of rich, but when you talk about like that, when you're talking about people who hoard wealth, like that's that's totally different. Yeah, that that is different. Cuz I think when we say eat the rich is just like a like a like a term, like you know, kind of like a catchphrase mm-hmm. that is really not referring to that type of wealth. But I do think like um you can be rich, but like that's a different type of rich, you know. Yeah, like, like you race into the moon for what? Yeah. Um. So, with the baby getting all this stuff canceled and stuff like that, I thought it would be a great time to make a comparison to classical music because I feel like y'all are so bad at this. So, boom, right? It's just very, it's very black and white. I got you. Somebody does something problematic you no longer hire and or play that problematic person the end you see how easy it was like you see how much there will be no there'll be no panels there will be no discussions like it's just so easy it's like uh i forgot his name i was gonna say rouse wagner is a literal racist and y'all cannot seem to stop programming him People say problematic things in classical music. They still have a job. And, like, the fact that the scholar, the scholar girl, like, she is literally an anomaly among a sea of problematic people in classical music. So I feel like there's a lot to be learned from this, that the baby said damaging and hurtful and harmful things, and now he got to go work at, at Subway. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having an honest job. Yeah, I heard some people that were like, well if my employer deems what I said as problematic and then, you know, this can happen to any of us. And I'm like, no, but she was literally like spreading false information about a virus that is killing, like has killed millions at this point. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the same thing. And I feel like you don't have, I feel like you would have a case against your employer if they were just like, if you were like, Oh, I'm black and they were like actually that's offensive <laughs> and <laughs> and that is hate speech and you're fired like I feel like that's different from like what she was what she was carrying on doing you know mm-hmm. so um I will say like like I said everybody has their problematic faves um but I think we we have got to be on a consensus about like what we are and are not going to be tolerating because mm-hmm. your problematic fave don't mean like oh they literally hate gay people and want to see them all you know eradicated from the planet earth well maybe that's not somebody that you should be welcoming yeah. into your organization like and be like oh well you know you know he's so silly like i feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like, that's like the approach that we're taking a lot of the time like mm-hmm. or they want to or they want to make it like this whole they want to make it black and white like well you know if you can say this then they can say that and it's like no it's not the same thing like they with that ti logic like Mm -hmm. well you know so-and-so is gay right in front of all of our faces so so so-and-so can be homophobic in front of all of our faces that's how it works right no that's not like it's not no yin and yang like those are not like opposites you know what i mean like and Mm -hmm. then and um one of them is hate speech and doesn't have a place here like and you can say that in your organization if that's truly the mission that y'all claim to have if that's what's in your mission statement in your employee handbook then enforce it as such mm-hmm. so that's my two cents on that um but now we get to talk about one of the for whatever reason overlooked parts of the baby's performance because I actually, before I even heard what he said, because I actually found out what he said about the HIV stuff and about the LGBT stuff on the read, like the following week. 
because they said what he said because i didn't see the video i saw a clip and i couldn't understand what he was saying because it was out of context and it was just like a small it wasn't the whole thing so i was like what is he talking like i didn't know what was going on i I saw both and then yeah and then i saw the and then i listened to the read and then they said everything and i was like oh so it still doesn't make sense but like i know what he said now Mm -hmm. but before that he had some type of big old like a mascot on stage with him um like a Chuck E. cheese thing you know like a a person inside of a mascot and he was like i'm gonna give a million dollars to whoever can guess who's in here who's in here and so the person takes off the head and at first i don't know who this is and so i'm i'm looking at it real close and i'm like I know that ain't who I think it is. And I go in the comments and they confirmed it was one Tory Lanez. If you don't know who Tory Lanez is, Tory Lanez is um, a pint-sized man who took it upon himself to shoot Megan the Stallion in the foot uh, a while ago. Um, and then repeatedly lie about it and antagonize her via social media, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you also don't know, Megan Thee Stallion and DaBaby have a had a quite um, prominent professional relationship. They had several songs together. They were known to work together, um, etc. So you could, you know, infer that they had they had some type of relationship, at least a professional one, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and a while before that, you know, DaBaby had someone had tweeted like, "Oh, DaBaby and Tory Lanez, like they both." I don't know did something to women and got away with it and like the baby liked the tweet or something like that and and of course Meg called him out like how could you do that you know we were supposed to be friends and whatever whatever so this was already kind of on the fence like people had already been like wow the baby's problematic for turning against Meg like that for um also having a song coming out with the guy who literally shot her um which and, was confusing because it's like you have no gain from that you're such a you're a bigger artist why are you working with why are you working with him? When I tell you, literally, Tory Lanez came on my radar when he shot Meg. I had no idea who that man was. Tory Lanez is in the song with with that, uh, what's that? What's the name? Jack Harlow. And Sim. I didn't. I had no. I listened to that song so many times and had no idea it was Tory Lanez until one day, last week, I was looking at the thing scroll by on Spotify. I was like, Tory Lanez in the song? Literally, how many times I've been listening to the song since last year? Had Which, no idea. He another one too because he low key came to Tory Lane's defense, but whatever. Um, See, what I'm talking about. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so he basically after being under fire for that whole Twitter exchange that he said that he had, he brought Tory Lane's on stage at Rolling Loud in that same performance. So he had several things went wrong, you know, um, with what he had going on, and this was something that of course people were upset about it you know mm-hmm. um the fact that you would bring this man who literally shot this black woman and um so many people came to his defense about that and was like well, you know she could be lying and she wasn't even shot yeah etc etc yeah. et like people gaslighting meg um but f- this was no in no part of his apology in no part of his apology at all and and the two the one and a half apologies that he gave um and in none of what was like i guess some of the most prominent um backlash that he got for his rolling loud performance now he deserved every let me be clear he deserved every single bit of what he got for his comments um about the lgbt community and about people with hiv and people with aids like i'm not trying to say oh well y'all worried about that but y'all not worried about black women like i'm not trying to be one of those but i think it is worth considering the type of the the type of things that we will sweep under the rug because in hip-hop especially um both of these things in terms of like black women and in terms of the LGBT community are things that are swept under the rug. You see that with the fact that the baby still have so has so much support. The fact that he said all of that stuff about gay people is like absolutely no problem for a lot of people. So I don't want to make it seem like, you know, everybody mad about that because there's a lot of people who are not mad about that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
but that just got me thinking about in classical music like like you said there's so many people who are problematic and will be totally fine because they were rude to the right people basically mm-hmm. you know and yeah. um that brings me to something that we we had recorded the last two episodes before this kind of hit the internet but if y'all were on classical music Twitter or whatever for the past couple of weeks, you would have seen a review going around of Randall Gooseby's um, new album, Roots, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, by one Norman Lebrecht, or Lebrecht, I don't know how to say his last name, um, who runs Slip Disc, um, which is basically like, it's like the inquirer for <laughs> classical music <laughs> basically um like and basically in the thing he calls randall the new poster boy for um for his recording label and he expresses his distaste for the tracks um in the repertoire um selections on Randall's album and this is what irritates me about this is because this person is still considered to you know a lot of people know that he's bullshit you know but there are also his his blog has been going and and receiving traffic for a long time a very Mm -hmm. long time and there are some people who still consider him to be a somewhat relevant voice um in you know the fact that he's getting all this news somebody's sending him press releases mm-hmm. you know um and and you know he said all this stuff about how florence price is only worthy of hearing sometimes and um etc etc i'm not gonna go into it i'm also not gonna link it because like i said he's not getting any clicks out of me um but he it it was just annoying because he is someone who was able to kind of hide behind that guise of like quote unquote journalism and like music criticism when it's really just you having all of these um ass backwards opinions about about um black artists black people anything you can do in terms of um belittling us and um basically letting us know that we're not welcome here because mind you he randall had a bunch of black composers on this album and mind you at the very end of the quote-unquote review this man says that once we hear him play some brahms or some ives then we'll know like how good of an artist he is i just can't believe when i read that i'm like i cannot believe that you typed that out and like was like yeah and an editor read it it was like yeah yeah that's alarming especially crazy in the wake of even if you i feel like it's better for you to just be upfront with your with your bigotry but even in the wake of all the conversations we've been having since last year you still wrote that that's like i I just couldn't believe it i mean i could believe it because it's classical Mm -hmm. music but you know what i mean like like how dense can you be yeah that's absolutely like and it, and it just goes to show like that kind of stuff like people still gonna be sending him press releases people still going et cetera, et cetera. like mm-hmm. you there's so many things that are worth criticizing um in classical music and so many people that are worth criticizing but you chose someone who put out you know a body of work who is a phenomenal violinist um and you're talking about once he plays some Brahms, we're going to hear how, how good he really is. Are you kidding me? Goodbye. It just, yeah. It's very much like, it's very much conditional because I feel like we just, we just tolerate whatever from certain people or we, or we tolerate whatever type of disrespect goes to a certain group. Um, but let somebody say uh, Beethoven was just above average and now all of a sudden y'all burned down the concert hall in protest. Well. Mm. It's like there's nowhere we can go from here. I, like, I feel like this is going to keep happening. Y'all be easy. 
Move. You ready to move on? Yep. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about? All right, so today I'm talking about uh, someone who is a familiar face to a lot of us. Um, I'm talking about David Keynes Burnett. Um, so if you know, you've been around in classical music and in, in um, some of the black spaces, you have probably met or at least seen David or his work. Um, he is a Harlem-born uh, violinist who, uh, who studied at the Oberlin Conservatory as well as the Boston Conservatory. Um, he's also an avid uh, teacher. He has enjoyed teaching at so many different places around New York City, including the Harlem School of the Arts, where he's taught for 25 years, um, Langston Hughes Middle School, Garvey School, um, Juilliard's MAP program. Um, he's also an avid performer. Like, you'll see him at every Sphinx, every Gateways. He also plays um, with the Harlem Symphony, the Harlem Chamber Players, the New York Housing Authority Orchestra, and Soulful Symphony. That's another one um that you'll see him at all the time um and the new york youth symphony and the west village string quartet which that's a piece of of black classical music history of its own Mm -hmm. the west village string quartet is a black string quartet that he founded in 1987 um so in addition to all of that all of the playing and the teaching etc that david has done he's also a very important person to the culture because um, if you follow him, like you'll see that he he's always taking pictures and documenting all of the gatherings um, that we have as black classical musicians. Um, and I think, you know, that's always something that's very important because we're always talking about like representation and letting people know that we are here and we exist, et cetera. And he is somebody who was really putting that on paper um, so that we have concrete proof that we are here you know um so shout out to david uh for being black and excellent and for immortalizing our existence as black classical musicians per shout out to david um okay so my piece of the week is um an arrangement well it's not technically an arrangement i don't think i'm just gonna say it's claire de la lune um by kamasi washington period um, when I be in my little, you know, jazz bag, this came up on my, after my playlist ran out. And I was like, okay, hold on. So, yeah, that's my piece of the week this week. You know, my mom told me, she just saw Kamasi Washington at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, for and real? She, yeah. That's my vibe. <laughs> and he was with, um, an Earl Sweatshirt was there. So she didn't know who Earl Sweatshirt was, but, um, but she told me that Kamasi Washington used to play in our backyard when I was a kid. Well, because my uncle is a jazz, well, was a jazz drummer, someone that was like, it literally broke his heart that I didn't play jazz. But he used to jam with Kamasi Washington in our backyard. Like, I remember my uncle doing, right, I was like, I was like, how did I not know that when I was a kid? Not you being famous. I mean, we already knew that, but not you being famous. How am I famous for, my uncle literally was just, because like, we had like a little room in the backyard, and he would bring his, uh, his drum set and stuff, and he would have people come and whatever, I knew they were playing jazz. Yeah, or seasons room like a it's like glass like that type of thing. No, it's like a it looked like our house, but the only thing it didn't have it had like it was like a room and it had like an island like a kitchen type of thing and cabinets, but it didn't have a bathroom. It was enclosed. Yeah. Oh, like a. So, oh, so okay. like I a, was like, it's like a pool house, but like not. It's only okay. it's just like a big I, room. Okay, I was like a room in your. Cause it's like I can't really call it a pool house because it doesn't have a bathroom and it's just one room. It's like a studio kind of. Like if it had a bathroom, you could rent you could rent it to somebody. I was like, you mean a patio? I was confused. I'm I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, but he used to play there, and apparently she was like, yeah, come out to Washington. Used to come, and so I looked it up, and I saw I found a video. I shared it on Twitter. I found a video of them uh, playing together. Cause my uncle he he passed away when I um a couple years ago. I think my sophomore year in college. So it was like it was cool to uh you know to see that I sent it to my mom because she had never seen that video before. But um yeah, Kamasi Washington story. Period. All right. By association, is Blue Ivy not famous? Uh, yeah, because I'm Kamasi Washington's child. We are all children. Of each other. All right, of Kamasi Washington, we're all linked together. Mm. 
Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, black excellent suggestion, or intermittent suggestion, classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. We also have a website that I never talk about, classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you're black, join ISBM, ISBM. Uh, we got a conference coming up, details to come, but you should join if you're black and you should donate if you're not. Um, IS Black Musicians on social media, isblackmusicians.com. Thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.